This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, June 5th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Terrorism undertaken by so-called lone wolves without the means, assistance, and expertise of actual terror groups is no less a tragedy, but it is a cause for a measured reaction. Cato Institute senior fellow Trevor Thrall says the recent tragedies for which ISIS has claimed responsibility smack of desperation. What we know now is that another lone wolf would-be terrorist um, has used a low-technology approach to killing people and causing fear in London. And it looks a lot like many of the recent attacks uh, in Paris and other places where without much training or without any real connections that anyone can see to ISIS or any other terrorist group, uh, angry, upset, sometimes mentally disturbed people uh, have taken upon themselves to do horrible things. One of the uh, things that, you know, as as horrible as these events are, it, it, it seems at least promising that uh, these folks are engaging in these kinds of attacks with uh, vehicles and not sophisticated bombs. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very clear sign that uh, whatever people's fears about al-Qaeda or ISIS might be, I think, you know, in, in many people's minds, in fact, surveys show as many as three quarters of Americans think that ISIS has secret cells, you know, hidden around the country waiting to pop out and do major damage. And I think, I think attacks like these just keep making it more and more clear that that's just not the case. The, the only thing that people who are on ISIS's side have is, is their cars or a truck. Uh, they don't have access to fancy weapons or big bombs uh, or things that could actually do a lot of damage. Um, they they really don't. So, uh, you know, if you want to see a silver lining here, that's that's definitely part of it. And um, there is, I guess, sort of a common response, uh, at least among Americans and, and probably people in other countries as well, that if you uh, hear of one of these events and you quickly try to determine, was this terrorism, was it not terrorism, the response uh, changes based upon whether or not it is terrorism. If it's just a crazy guy or somebody who had a stroke and starts ramming his car through uh, a bunch of people, that is treated as, well, that's, you know, unfortunate and uh, we should, I guess, get used to the fact that cars cause a lot of problems. But if it's terrorism, the response seems to be more uh, more akin to a freak out. Yes, terrorism seems to strike a boogeyman fear in people's in people's brains, and the, I think the randomness of the targeting is a big part of that. Uh, people imagine this shadowy group overseas that might at any moment choose to bomb or terrorize your little neck of the woods, and it's and it's you know appropriately terrifying. But I think uh, I hope that in time people will get a little more sophisticated because I think you know it's it's fine to call it terrorism and at one level the guy says or ISIS claims responsibility for this and you go okay well th- this guy had those sorts of feelings he's con- he did some violence so it's terrorism but that that's really stretching the definition of terrorism here it, it, the definition of terrorism is an act of violence against a civilian target in pursuit of a political goal but unless we stretch the definition of political beyond all reason it's impossible to see what the political goal of acts like the recent attack in London was. This isn't part of a coordinated campaign to coerce the the British government. Um, It's just an angry act of meaningless violence. And the fact that ISIS claimed credit for such a pointless act really smacks of desperation. I mean, does ISIS really have so little going on, so little clue or so 
poor a strategy that it seems like a good idea to claim credit for a pointless act of violence? I mean, that's just – if that's terrorism, then, then we're going to have trouble defeating terrorism because there are angry people everywhere. Um, it, you can't defeat that kind of terrorism any more than you could defeat murder. Um, but now if you want to talk about ISIS, the actual group, um, I don't think this tells us much about them other than that, that you know, they're not very busy doing much other than claiming credit for things. Uh, so uh, you say it's desperation and you would think that a, a more uh, – and I hate, to, I hate to use this term – a more credible uh, terrorist group or network would be willing to say, oh, that wasn't us. Sure. A confident group uh, conducts its attacks, claims credit for them, has a purpose. I mean, I, you know, you hate to praise a competent terrorist group, but uh, there are there have been competent terrorist groups and competent terrorism campaigns, uh, or at least well planned and well executed acts of terrorism. I mean, nine eleven was a horrendous crime, but it was it was it was thought out ahead of time. It wasn't just a random act of violence that someone claimed credit for. Uh, I think ISIS, frankly, has a lot on its plate right now. It's it's being decimated in Syria and in Iraq, and I think the, you know a real question is is this just the future for ISIS, which is basically a a social media campaign that claims credit every time someone trips uh, somewhere in the world. Um, I, I think there is a real question about what ISIS's next step is, um, but if if this is all it is, then I think people shouldn't be nearly so worried. Uh, Theresa May uh, has said that that. Uh, Britain should be less uh, tolerant of extremism and terrorism. Uh, she's also suggested some policy responses like banning or substantially restricting uh, cryptography. Um, what are do you view as some of the responses that are most likely and least productive or most counterproductive? Well, unfortunately, Theresa May has articulated two of the least productive right off the bat as happens, I think, unfortunately, most of the time when these terrorist attacks or attacks occur. Um, you know, the idea that that uh, there's somehow a great um, uh, tolerance right now in Britain or in Europe or in the United States for uh, Islamic extremism, I mean, that sort of beggars belief. I mean, who, who out there is tolerant of these things? So that's ridiculous on its face. The second idea that you could somehow regulate the internet, as she suggested, or regulate speech in some way um, to to prevent radical Islamists from convincing other people to do violence. I, that's that's just re also ridiculous. I mean, it might sound good for a politician to say, but it's a meaningless sort of statement. The, the fact is, is that the reason that people in Britain or France or Belgium or Germany or the United States are conducting violent attacks is because the idea is placed in their mind from incessant news coverage of these issues, which itself stems from the fact that the West is busy bombing the heck out of ISIS and doing battle. If, if you took that volume down several notches, uh, it would not be so much in the news. And, and a lot of these disturbed, upset people wouldn't go conduct meaningless acts of violence in response. So I think far, instead of trying to be uh, harder core and, and, and do more, uh, I think doing less uh, counterintuitively would actually be a much better approach. That doesn't uh, have very much traction, that idea. No, none at all, unfortunately. And so uh, what we get instead is calls for 
uh, more extreme uh, restrictions of civil liberties uh, domestically. We get calls for really pointless, uh, uh, you know, like Trump and, and others calling for more bombing in the Middle East as if somehow a bomb or, or more tanks and planes in, in the Middle East is going to prevent uh, bombings by domestic uh, you know, terrorists at home. There's really no connection, no positive connection to preventing terrorism from those sorts of proposals. And yet that's pretty much what we're getting. Trevor Thrall is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.